Welcome. Welcome, folks. Thanks for thanks for joining us for a whole new year of tea and contemplation, a whole new season. Uh, it's New Year's Day for us right now as we are recording this for you. We're feeling bright and festive. We're waking up. We're learning the joys of New Year's Day morning. <laughs> morning. <laughs> I'm Suze. I'm Adam. Adam. Excited to be here. So um, shall we move into the, the tea guidance, Suze, or did you want to say a little bit more about who we are first? Hmm. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's chat a little bit more first, I guess. Yeah, okay. that sounds good. We thought, um, we thought we'd actually take this, this New Year's Day to introduce ourselves, introduce this practice to, to you all. Um, if you've been curious to join us for a session and kind of wondering what this is about, we're um, we're going to offer up a little something for you today, and we're also going to have just some conversation around uh, what both of us are looking forward to this coming year, what's inspiring us in our practice, and what we hope to share with you. Uh, so I'll share a little first, and then toss it over to Adam. Uh, so the the lens that I uh, approach my practice from is primarily through tea. You know, I work as a tea educator, so I I teach people about tea. Uh, but I also practice tea as a form of meditation and contemplative practice. And so each week in our sessions, we begin with a, a short guided tea meditation. You're welcome to bring anything that is speaking to you at the moment, you know, um, from time to time, like I provide a little bit of loose uh, suggestion or guidance on types of tea during the year, but this isn't like a, you know, it's not a tea class, so it's not too, too intensive on that. But anything that's in your cabinet that you feel like practicing with, usually the way that we're preparing our tea is really quite simple. We just use uh, a bowl. You could use a mug, uh, a matcha bowl if you're a matcha fan. We have loose leaf tea. Put a pinch of the tea in the bowl. Add some some hot water, and uh, we sit with our tea. And I provide a little bit of guidance, and we'll do that this activity together in a few minutes here. Um, we start with tea because much in the same way that. Uh, uh, a yoga asana practice warms up the body and prepares us to be able to be still and go a little bit more within. Tea warms up the body. I mean, literally, because it's a warm beverage, but it also makes us more aware internally of what we're feeling, sensations that are coming up, and how thoughts and emotions are connected to those sensations in a way that maybe we wouldn't have noticed if we hadn't been so so slow with our tea, if we hadn't really taken the time to enjoy it in this way. And so after sitting with a little bit of tea practice uh, for a while, we transition our morning over to my friend Adam, who shares some contemplative thought with us for the day. Yeah, and I really love this format. Susan and I have been doing this uh, since quarantine started back in March of uh, 2020. It's amazing to say 2020 and know that it is behind us. It is literally hindsight. <laughs> Um, yeah, for I think for a while I've been wanting to have an opportunity to explore the um, the practice of yoga from a philosophical angle in public. Uh, so much of my own study involves contemplation, and yet so many of the the vast majority of the opportunities to teach and share yoga are through the body. 
Uh, and that's wonderful. I'm glad we have those opportunities. Um, but, you know, I think that <clears throat> there is something about the growing distance between the nature of my own practice and the nature of what I had been sharing in uh, classroom settings. I would try to squeeze a few minutes, and I still do, try to squeeze a few minutes of philosophy in there at the beginning, but you know, people are showing up for a movement practice, they're antsy, like, let's get this body going, which I, which I totally understand. And so just really wanting a space where there wasn't that expectation of like, okay, let's work the body now, you know, um, where the, the process of contemplation was the primary practice. And so this um, joining together with Suze has been ideal, I feel, because we still have a body practice through the, the tea meditation. And um, Suze does this wonderful job of kind of creating the pace of movement and the pace of reflection. And so often when we come into spaces of philosophy or intellectual discourse, the pace is very fast. People start speaking quickly. The space is filled with language. Uh, and I enjoy not doing that here. So I'm, I'm really conscious of the, the pace at which I share and the, um, the importance of space for reflection and absorption within our conversation. So after I speak for, usually it's about 15, maybe 20 minutes, um, we just leave the rest of the hour open for all the participants to sit and uh, and consider, and anyone that wants to speak at that point speaks. We turn the recording off so people don't feel self-conscious about being recorded while they're sharing, and uh, that format's been suiting us pretty well. Adam, I really love that you um, you touch on the uh, the difference of I think what people typically think of as a, a, a yoga class and the, the full depth of what the practice has to offer and, and the need to have a space that does that. Um, you know, I just want to share as we, we head into like a little mini tea session here. Uh, I, I feel the same kind of difference in, in the tea space, in the, the place that I mainly work and, and occupy um, in that most of most of the experience of tea is very, uh, you might say it's like knowledge acquisition <laughs> or it's collecting or curating. Um, it's very about the details and it's about the materials. Um, and, and I think those things are, they're, they're wonderful. They're really important. You know, obviously we're, we're, we're also talking about tea as a culture too. Uh, but traditional tea as a culture is actually very contemplative. It is inherently tied to that. Um, especially in some areas of East Asia where like the study of Buddhism and the study of tea are considered basically one and the same thing. Mm. Um, and so having a space where you specifically strip away all of the, let's talk about which teapot or which clay we want to use for this, or, you know, which mm. cultivar this one's made from or the processing techniques, strip out all of that and just look at what is our relationship to this plant. And thus as a reflection of what is our relationship to ourself. Mm. Um, and yes, yeah, so I, I really appreciate that, you know, this, this format comes together because of a need that exists in, um, in both of our worlds, in the world of tea and in the world of yoga. Yeah. And I've been delighted to find that sitting 
and receiving your tea guidance has really transformed the way that I approach this. I think when we when we started, I had in mind this idea that, okay, I will be sort of sharing um, yoga philosophy or philosophy related to uh, yogic frameworks in a kind of systematic way, right? And this session would be on this chunk and the next session would be on this chunk. And the only way I can do that is if I really resist the transformation that happens when I sit for tea with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, messed up your, I messed up your academic ambitions. <laughs> Damn. You ruined my scholarly trajectory. <laughs> no, but in the, it's in the best way. It just sort of explodes my preconception because it, because it makes me reckon with where I am right now, you know, the moment that I am about to teach. And some of the teachers who've been most influential on me lately, um, you know, most notably Yoli Maya Ye, like she speaks a lot about the importance of showing up and listening, you know, that not just about this idea of bringing information and dropping it into the container of a class, um, but being very very aware and receptive to what's moving through you at the moment you're sharing. And I think that that itself speaks to this idea of contemplation that is embodied, right? It's in some ways a response to what is going on in awareness in the present embodied moment. So, you know, it's been a little bit of like a, a surrender for me, which has been really lovely. Um, yeah, and I think that maybe the last thing I'll, I'll offer here is, uh, before we move into some, some practice together, is that um, it's a problem in our, in our yoga culture that um, we are not refining thinking as carefully as we're refining physical movement. Uh, perhaps because our yoga culture has sort of come out of a context in the West of like so heavily influenced by fitness culture. So there's sort of this idea that even though we, we understand that it might be a very expansive spiritual practice with ancient roots, etc., it just kind of gets trapped in the, this hierarchy where the body's, the body's at the top. Um, and I think that even even v very accomplished practitioners have this sense that um, there isn't really work to be done on the level of the mind. And I think that that is uh, really limiting. It's really limiting. Uh, and it's something that I really want to bust through. And it has no relevance to traditional yogic teaching at all. <laughs> you know, we, we might hear um, people talk a little bit about uh, words like viveka, discernment, um, vichara, the like inner inquiry. Um, but I think for those of us that have oriented a practice around the body, these things seem sort of secondary or peripheral and yeah, just so nice to be in a space where that, the shape of the mind, the way that the mind is structuring knowledge um, is really primary. Yeah, to totally agree. Because um, we see we see a lot of the sim kind of similarities in tea too, where even strangely people 
can um, can resist the idea of coming to sit with the contemplative side of tea, even though that is entirely where it all came from. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, tea developed very similarly to yoga in that it it you know a lot of it came from um, considering the mind and considering mm -hmm. our relationship to the world around us. Um, but yet it's this very kind of different aesthetic form that has mm -hmm. become the kind of idealized version of what culture looks like for it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I also really like the, um, uh, the, the, the call to, to sit with what comes up each week as we're doing this and to explore this, um, kind of thematic sharing that we do month to month and, um, exploring the rhythms of our, our own immediate life and the life of the world around us through this particular lens, I think it's so valuable and it translates to a lot of other things too. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. So I'll um, offer up like a little kind of a, a mini session for you guys. Um, we'll, we'll prepare a, a simple bowl of tea together. And then um, we're gonna talk a little bit about what's coming up for January, as well as, you know, maybe some ideas for how we're approaching this new year and how we approach this work. And you can continue to sip on the tea during that time if you like. So uh, to get set up for this, you're just gonna simply need, if you'd like to practice along with us, just a bowl or a nice rounded mug. So sometimes people ask me what size, usually something like, I don't know, like eight or 10 ounces. This is quite big because this is a matcha bowl, um, but something just feels nice to hold is basically the idea. Um, and it could be a coffee mug, it could be a little rice bowl, it could be a tea bowl if you have one and go and get yourself some tea. If you have a loose leaf tea, you can practice with that. You can also practice with tea bags today too. That's, that's totally fine, you know. Um, slowing down for some tea is better than slowing down for no tea. <laughs> so um, go and get some tea, get the uh, kettle going with your hot water. We always provide guidance on how to move in the space. So if you need to, you know, go to the kitchen to get your hot water at any time or um, stand up and move like that's that's very welcome you know this is this is your practice time in your space so just making yourself comfortable on a cushion that you'd like to to sit on starting by sitting upright and comfortable so not a, a rigid position but just alert and awake and Having the eyes just resting on a steady object on your table, it might be your tea bowl, it might be your tea or a candle or anything that you'd like to bring into your practice space that really helps clear out any other, any other things that can wait for a while. I'm just noticing perhaps to start how you're holding the energy of the eyes. Just making sure the eyelids are softened. Soften the little inner corner of the eyes. Allow the eyelids to be soft, the little outer corners. Breathing softness and relaxation to the eyebrows. space in the middle of the forehead. Just allowing this whole softness and relaxation to 
almost just keep melting down the rest of your whole face, your nose, your cheeks, your chin, your jaw. Just as little holding or as tension as possible. And just notice how you're breathing today. Just noticing the pacing and smoothness of your in-breath. As you breathe in, perhaps even saying to yourself, I'm breathing in. And as you exhale, I'm breathing out. And just a few rounds of noticing the breath like that. Greeting the in-breath. Greeting the out breath. Saying hello in breath. And thank you out breath. And then turning our attention to our tea that we would like to be working with today. So we take our tea in two hands. Maybe it's in a little dish or in a container or in a package. However you have your tea today, just taking a moment to pause and to notice your tea. Notice its shapes and its colors. Running our fingers through it, noticing the texture, how it feels. And these very quiet and subtle ways are how we actually start to learn more about tea. It is a form of study of tea through sensory perception in this way. We can bring the tea to our nose, breathing in and out through the nose and just allowing the breath to warm the leaves and seeing what you get in response, seeing what fragrance is there. And then we serve ourselves a little portion of tea. And so this is usually just like our thumb and first few fingers, so a good little pinch of tea. So we don't use a spoon, we actually just pick up our tea. Like cooking in the kitchen, just a pinch of ingredients, a pinch of tea. Whatever feels like a good amount to you and placing that in the bowl. And you start to learn over time what is a good amount for you. Maybe at first you don't know and it's okay to sit with the not knowing. There's no mistakes. It's just going to be the tea that's going to be today. And if your hot water is ready, we can go and get our kettle. And again, if you need to move in your space to get your kettle, just go slow. There's no rush. We all meet at the same place anyway. So enjoying each footstep across your floor, noticing the smoothness of how you can move in your space when you do so with awareness and kindness and not rushing. And then whenever you make your way back to your seat, taking your kettle and then we slowly add water over our leaves. And circular motions kind of feel nice for this. It feels very smoothing and easy to the body. So we're trying to pour water as slowly as we can for the kettle that we have. So it's not just a waterfall over the leaves, but we can slow down to the point where we can enjoy the sound of water and 
Notice how the tea is moving in the water. And then we turn our attention to what's happening in our tea bowl. What do we see on the surface? Noticing the steam that rises up. Noticing the steam that collects on the inside of the cup. And taking a time to just simply watch tea brew to watch leaves soften and unfold, to notice and to witness that in the same way that we witness it for ourselves in our practice, our own unfolding and softening. We see here an example of what that looks like, that it is gradual, it's little areas at a time, it goes slowly, it's a little bit uneven, and there's different levels to it. There's a softening at the surface, and then there's softening of leaves that are at the bottom of the bowl as they melt open. And there's some that are kind of suspended in the middle. And that kind of mixture of opening up happens for us too. And we take our bowl and we lift it to the nose and we breathe in the warm aroma of the tea. And notice how the body reacts to that. Getting really close to our tea and noticing what it's like today. And noticing any expectation that you might have about your tea and how that's different from what's showing up in the cup without trying to change our expectations or change our feelings. We just notice what's there and how we react to them. And we can sit for a few minutes holding the tea and breathing the tea as it's steeping for a little bit or we can set the cup down and watch the tea from a seated position where the hands are folded, whichever feels more comfortable for you. There's no necessarily correct way or a way that you have to hold the cup or engage with it. And so here we start easing into what we're exploring today. So on this particular day, this is New Year's Day. This is our first tea together of the year. And in the Japanese tradition, this particular tea has a name. This tea is called Hatsugama. Hatsugama is the name of the first tea of the new year translates to first kettle, as in like the kettle that you brew your tea with, where the hot water comes from. And it's a very festive occasion for tea. It's very special. Firsts are very special in Japan in general, but 
In the tea room, we have things that are luminous and bright. We may bring out special objects that we only see once a year, some even only once every decade. This particular tea bowl today, you may have noticed it has a little, little animal friend on it. So this has an ox going into this next year. 2021 is the year of the ox. And so this special bowl only comes out when it is the ox year, a symbol of resilience, reliability, kindness, generosity. Hatsugama is also a special time in that this first tea of the year, the teacher serves the student. The teacher will make the tea and gift it to their students. I'm thinking about how for ourselves that we are both a teacher and a student. What can we give to ourselves that we can learn from? And the significance of this? That somehow this gifting, this reversal of roles is like the gift of potential and the present moment of reality meeting at once. What gifts can you receive this year? And if your tea seems like it's kind of an okay temperature, so maybe not as much steam coming from the surface and when you pick it up, it feels comfortable. We can take a sip of our tea and we can receive this tea. So we just sip through the leaves. There might be a little space that has opened up in the leaves on the surface there, or maybe we need to sip through kind of through our teeth as we're doing this. And just notice if it feels a little strange or a little awkward and and we honor that, that's okay. You know, we're not used to interacting with things that in a beverage, it still has plant in it. Just notice how that is interacting with tea in this way. And taking a sip or two of our tea and pausing, pausing to receive this gift of practice that you give for yourself, this space, this slowness to just simply breathe tea, to receive the gift of your breath. To receive the gift of opening that the tea gives to you. The tea releases in the water, it gives and opens up, and then it gives that to you. And in this practice, 
there's no rushing. We can take the entirety of the whole hour together for our one bowl of tea if we like. And so I invite you to just sip slowly as much as you'd like. You can either hold the bowl between sips or set it down if that feels more comfortable. You can also add more hot water at any time if you like. And then usually around this time in the practice is when I hand things over to Adam and he shares a little bit more about our theme and our contemplation for today. I feel we <clears throat> arrived at a pretty good introductory statement for our January session. So I think I'm, I'm going to start by just reading the words that Susan and I collaborated on as a, a description of our intention for this month. Our theme is patterns. Habits and rhythms. It is inevitable that our lives are patterned. We are subject to worldly patterns that create structure and cycles in our dynamic shared realm. At the same time, through forces like will, desire, fear, and trauma, we also exert patterns of our own as we move through this life. This month, we sip and sit with what creates these habits and how we might weave new patterns in a season of intentions and resolutions. And so, Susan, I want to be in this cultural moment and also sort of aware of its trappings. Right? We all feel the pull of this cultural shift into 2021. And uh, whether you are inspired or repulsed by the, uh, the, the group intention setting and resolution forming that happens around this time of year, I think there's no getting around being affected by it, that, that this is a time where people um, are taking stock in some way or another um, and laying, laying down perhaps new tracks or attempting to dissolve tracks that take them to places that don't seem to serve them. And of course, the, the joy of practice is that really any moment, no matter what time of the year it arrives, any moment is a good time to set an intention or to create a resolution and to begin to shift a pattern. But it requires a really broad range of different kinds of skills to do that. And some, something that comes up a lot in our 
contemplative practice uh, over the last few months, you know, is this concern with sensing the shadow of of intention uh, that often, uh, despite our you know our most earnest efforts and the fact that we are we mean well, right? And uh, we attempt to move to higher ground or more open space without uh, really cultivating the strength and integrity required to fully sense what's holding us in the place that we're in. And so we want to look at all of the complexity of this kind of call and response that each of us have with um, our environment, our relationships, our desires, um, our obstacles, and start to just kind of parse out, you know, pull threads apart um, to make conscious connections about the way that different dimensions of life are affecting us. And hopefully create a bit more space through doing so. So as you look at the uh, roster of themes that Susan and I have established for January, you can see some, perhaps some might resonate uh, with you more than others. Maybe there's a, a week that you really want to make sure you show up for. Or maybe you just want to sit with us all month. We'll be here. And thanks for listening. Thanks, Adam. That was uh, that was awesome. So it's like a little taste of um, what we do each week here in Tea and Contemplation. So we're very reachable. If you have any questions about this practice or um, anything we're going to be doing this month, uh, questions about how to access recordings, like anything, like really. So you can find me at Suze, S-O-O-Z, at beingtea.com. And you can find Adam. Yeah, you can find me at adam at adamgrassi.com, G-R-O-S-S-I.com. And looking forward to uh, sharing space with you soon. Bye. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.